Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America and managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Wendy Kipek. Wendy, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, let's jump right in with your one-sentence bio. My name is Wendy Kipek. I am a wife, a mother, and a daughter, and I've worked at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in health IT for almost 25 years. Hey, that's a pretty good bio. That was almost one sentence. In fact, I think that was a one-sentence bio. Great yes. job. <laughs> thank you. You might also be a real follower. Is that I am True. a follower, and you'll learn a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, let's dig into question number one. You ready? Yes. How do your values impact your management philosophy? Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I have, yes. So you'll learn a lot about me um, through the Enneagram. I went on a self-reflection journey about two years ago, which is when I discovered the Enneagram. The Enneagram system is characterized by nine distinct types based on your core motivations, your fears, and your personal behaviors, your behavioral patterns. I'm an Enneagram type one, which is the perfectionist. As a perfectionist, I hold myself to really high standards. I have a really strong sense of what's right and what's wrong. And I just want to do the right thing while having really high standards and the desire to always improve. And so when I think about how my values impact my leadership, it's doing the right thing. Mm. When I think about how I work uh, at work, it's how I lead my teams, how I go through that self-improvement at home with my kids, my husband. It's everything I do. So the tenets of the Enneagram Type 1 hold me true to my values of always doing the best that I can, and fostering an environment where everyone feels comfortable, valued, appreciated, and finding opportunities to be better every single day. So as a fellow Enneagram One, <laughs> we can commiserate about all the things that are wonderful and all the one- things that may not be quite as wonderful about being an Enneagram One. I can always find, a, always rethink things. So however something has been done, I can replay that in my head and find a hundred ways to do it better. So how do you regulate that with others? It, it is the constant story you're telling yourself in your head, even as we're sitting here talking, thinking about, oh, I could have said this, or I could have done that. Absolutely. It's a constant voice in my head, but it's giving myself some forgiveness. So that's part mm. of my self reflection journey I went on. I can't be so hard on myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And just funny story, last year, I made my leaders on my team hold me accountable to not making so many changes on our team because I'm always looking for opportunities right. to do things better. Right. As ones, we can always find a way to yes. do everything better. Yes. And I'm really proud of myself because we reflected at the end of the year and I said, we did it. We didn't make any major changes this year on the team. So that was a really big accomplishment, but it takes a lot of self-discipline. Oh, yes. Yes. I have to stop myself when... I'm working with somebody to say, to, to, to really self-regulate and not offer 20 different ways we could do something differently, do something better. 
I co-taught a class um, a couple semesters ago with a professor that became a really dear friend. And at the end of the semester, she gave me a T-shirt that said, I'm not a control freak. You're just doing it wrong. And I think that is probably the quintessential Enneagram one. We are not control freaks. We just can always think of better ways to do things. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Ready for question two? I am. All right. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? I've had a lot of leaders throughout my career, some really great leaders and some not so great leaders, and I've learned from all of them. And they've shaped me into the leader I am today. But when I think about the one person that has had the biggest impact, I would have to say it's my husband. Hmm. He's pushed me farther than I ever thought I could go. He is the cheerleader on the sidelines having the trust in me and confidence in me when I don't think I can do it. I think back to when I was in nursing school. Uh, I was working full-time and taking a full course load, and I was really struggling. I was only 20 years old at the time, and I remember calling my parents because I was in a really bad place, and they tried to convince me to come home and work within the family business, but I wasn't quite ready to give up yet. And that's when I met my husband. He convinced me to stay in nursing school. And I wound up graduating. But not only did I graduate, I graduated with honors. Mm. And so I think back to that, I didn't give up. And he gave me that courage to do that. But then I just want to share a couple of other stories because it really culminates into the person that I am today, the leader I am. Because then we got married and we moved to Birmingham for him to pursue his graduate degree. I was working full-time in the emergency room as a flight nurse, and he came home from school one day and tried to convince me to go back for my graduate degree in informatics. I thought he was crazy. (laughs) I didn't even know what informatics Mm -hmm. was back then. Uh, We didn't even own a computer, but I trusted him enough. And so I went back to school, and I graduated with a master's in health informatics, which is so crazy because I would not be here today if it wasn't for that. Through his support, mentorship, and coaching, I learned to be the confident leader I am. I learned and had trust in myself to take on new things and really, really complex projects. In fact, about seven years ago, we were implementing an electronic health record system at Vanderbilt, 30,000 users to support. And I was asked to lead the at the elbow support resources, which are those end user support resources for the physicians and the nurses and the clinical team. I have never done anything like that in my life. I didn't know what I was doing. And I needed 1,600 support resources each day to support our clinical teams. I put the strategy together. I felt really great about it. And the day before Go, go Live, we realized that those resources did not have the knowledge or skill set. We hired a vendor to source those resources, and they just were not the quality that we needed. So we made the decision to prioritize quality over quantity, and I wound up firing over half of those resources. So you can imagine day one of Go Live was pretty rough. Uh, In fact, it was the hardest day of my professional career. After working 16 hours on that first day, I called my husband. I was so defeated. I was exhausted, and I just wanted to go home. And he told me what I needed to hear. 
I didn't like what he said, but I needed to hear it. I hung up the phone, walked back into the command center, recalibrated the entire strategy based on the resources we had. And day two was much better than day one Mm. and every day thereafter. And at the end, it was a really, really successful go live. And what stands out to me from that is not only how I was able to turn it around, but how much I learned about myself, my leadership, my resilience, grit, never giving up. And because of that, I'm in the position I'm in today. And it all comes back to my husband and how he helped me learn to have that confidence that I needed to do the things I knew I could do. Now I have to ask, what is his Enneagram number? He is a five. Which is the researcher. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Problem solver. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's yes. good. As one, you need to make sure that you support your, you have other people that are sup- around you that can kind of take you out of that questioning. Am I always doing the right thing? As leaders and as managers, the hard times we have to have because that's where the true growth comes in our managers. You said day one was the hardest day of your professional career, the go live day, and day two was better. How did that change your management style both those days? I had to learn how to make decisions without a lot of time Mm. and make quick decisions and pivot really quickly. And as a one, Mm. you want things to be perfect. You're not going to get perfection. So it was going through a lot of iterations and trusting your gut. And so I learned how to be more adaptable. And I guess it was making the the decisions that need to happen with the information I had at that time. It Mm. might not, and maybe the decision wasn't the right one, but we just kept pivoting based on what we were seeing and just readjusting it. Yeah. And I love what you said about grit. I think that that is a skill that we have to develop in management is to to really push through those hard times so that you can come out the other end and learn lessons that will help others that work with us. Yeah, it's interesting because we always talk about how the hardest times become the best times. Mm -hmm. And it's so true because I would never have wanted to repeat that again, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I think I'm a much better leader today because of that experience. That is great. So you've talked about a really tough time in your career and the importance of grit. How do you help your team develop grit? It's helping them to build the confidence in themselves that we can get through it. Because even though it might seem insurmountable at the moment, it's leaning into that opportunity and realizing you're not in this on your own. We're in this together. It's the people force. It's the trust that we have in each other that can get us through that hump because we everything is impermanent. Mm. And so we have to realize, even though it might be a moment that kind of sucks right now, it's going to be okay. Just have trust in the process. This too shall pass. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message. Are you ready to become the leader you've always wanted to be? Then join us for 24-7 Leadership's Power Talk series. Leaders never rest. They lead all the time, 24-7. In this dynamic training, you'll master the essential communication and thinking skills to showing up as a leader you envision every single day. Learn to be fully present with yourself and others, to listen deeply, and to create lasting developmental alliances with your team. Who could benefit from this transformational training, you ask? Well, anyone leading a team. From new managers to seasoned CEOs, past participants rave about these coaching skills and how they positively impacted both their personal and professional lives. So don't wait. 
Unleash your leadership potential today with 24-7 Leadership's Power Talk series. Visit our website, 247leadership.org, to learn more and sign up today. 24-7 Leadership is powered by the College of Business. All right, ready for question number three? Yes. Okay. What book has made the biggest impact on you? Okay, so I am an Enneagram One. Mm-hmm. So you know that I've read lots of leadership books in my career, uh, and I love to read and I love to learn. When I think about this, I would have to say not the book that has had the biggest impact on me, but I've also had the biggest impact as well, is Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. I don't know if you've read that book. Oh, I love that book. This was one of the first books that I read when I took this position in my leadership role because I was the only woman on our executive leadership team. And I felt alone. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe the difference in perspectives and how I felt like I had a backseat to the conversation. And I didn't have the confidence to speak up or to let my voice be heard. And when I stumbled upon Cheryl's book and how she supports and empowers women to listen to their voice and to use their voice, it inspired me. And Because of her, I went forward to creating Leadership Circle in our department for senior leaders in IT. I did that over four years ago, and it has been such a rewarding experience because we brought all of our leaders together. I am trying to support and empower our leadership team, the level below me, to use their voices and have the confidence to speak up in a room, but also for us to discuss challenges together and how to navigate those challenges. It's so exciting to see how far we've come. From that group, one of the members of my circle was so inspired that she spun off a circle that I sponsor. So we have the next level down leadership circle that's been going on for about two years. And I'm so excited that we have uh, two new circles forming. They're actually kicking off next month for individual women, so uh, individual contributors who have a lot of potential, so growing that next level line leadership in women. And so none of that, I don't believe I would have done any of that had it not been for reading Cheryl's book. So that's why that book to me means so much. I love that book. It's a classic book. I've got that book on my shelf. Uh, When it first came out and I read it, I bought 20 copies and handed them out to men that I worked with, to other female leaders that I worked with. It is really a great book. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. All right. You ready for my favorite part of the podcast? Sure. All right. So 60 seconds, rapid fire questions. Your job is to make me run out of questions. You get one pass. You ready? I am. Okay. What's your favorite meal? Dinner. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Do you eat or drink soup? Drink. What's the best gift you've ever received? My children. If you were a superhero, what powers would you want to have? Invisibility. What's your favorite animal? Dog. What's your favorite family recipe? Uh, Sweet potato pie. What song reminds you of your high school? High school? uh, uh, None. I don't have a favorite song that reminds (laughs) me of my high school. (laughs) How would you survive a zombie apocalypse? Uh, I'd create a bunker. What's your favorite holiday? Passover. Do you have a favorite type of exercise? Yoga. Would you rather 
cook at home or eat out. Cook at home. All right. That was good. Great job. Thank you. All right. Parting advice for managers. What's the best advice you can give a manager? To be an authentic leader, to trust yourself, your values, and your beliefs, and to lead with authenticity and honesty, to build meaningful relationships that build trust and inspire others. And I would say to really lead authentically, you need to leverage those strong, lasting relationships to develop and have that environment where you inspire others and motivate them to make sure that they're heard and valued, because only then can you come together for a common goal. That's good. How do you develop those relationships? Time. Mm. You know, when I when I was early in my career, in fact, some of my coworkers used to call me Officer Hops from Zootopia because I would go into a meeting, I'd have an agenda, I'd want to get it done. I, I was just efficient, very, right? Oh, As yeah, an Enneagram one, absolutely. Right? Right. And I learned that relationships come before all of that. Mm-hmm. And so before I start any meeting, I always check in on everybody. How are you doing? And it's really connecting on a human level with people before getting to the work. That's good. Management is a people business. Yes. Wendy, thank you so much for being this week's guest. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.